podcast listeners it is i golden j hanging out today with chuck josie what's up buddy happy to be here we are doing something a little bit different with uh i think i finally named it i think the first few ones i didn't name but we've actually we've named this the uh, the Golden Odyssey Sessions, interesting people doing interesting things, and Chuck is my first in-studio recording. We've done everything else by a Zoom or a Riverside, but Chuck's like, I'm coming to the studio. Heck yeah. <laughs> so happy to have you here, man. Yeah, it'll be fun. We've been uh, we've been touring the studio. He's got to trip over all the uh, boxes and and guitar cases and everything is sprawled out everywhere in here. But uh, we did this little studio tour, so it's pretty interesting. <laughs> There's a lot going, a lot going on. on. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chuck, I'm so glad you're here. Can you give our listeners a little synopsis of what you do? Um, let's see. What do I do? What well, do you do? I'm I am married, and I have three kids, so um, I do a lot of that. I work at the hospital. I head up the finances at the hospital. He's the big man. Up spend, there. In the finance <laughs> spend a department. lot of time doing that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say spend a lot of money. <laughs> spend a lot of the hospital's money, I suppose. <laughs> Um, let's see what else I enjoy. I really enjoy hiking and backpacking when I'm not, do I don't do it very much, but when I'm not doing it, I'm thinking about it. Right. Right. Um, enjoy fishing, have a, a fishing kayak. Um, I enjoy exercising, I suppose that Th- sort of thing. Does anybody really enjoy exercising? Well, <laughs> my motivation kidding. for exercising is to better enjoy <laughs> backpacking. And that sounds yeah. like a very good... Because uh, uh, otherwise, it's kind of painful. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, Chuck is uh, is actually uh, the CFO for our local hospital, and uh, he does an amazing job. He's always... Uh, he really is always working. You ever see Troy Palomahu, you know that uh, they based it on Chuck and never <laughs> not working. Uh, but, uh, you know... I've known Chuck for a while now, and we've actually done some really cool things together, uh, you know, with Sweetwater and and doing seminars and stuff like that that we've uh, went to. We went and seen Winger, and we went and seen uh, Michael Sweet. Mm-hmm. Always have fun just going and hanging out with Chuck and doing those things. Do you remember when we saw the Winger, and they, and they rocked? <laughs> they did. And we were in the front row, <laughs> and everyone in the front row was sitting... And we got done and turned around, and everyone must have been standing the whole time. Oh, every, the whole entire time, yeah. But here's what I remember about Winger. Uh, Kip Winger was very focused on the very hot girl sitting next to me. <laughs> so he kept looking over, and I'm like, 
you looking at me? You talking to me? What's up, brother? Yeah, you're killing it. And he's like, no, no, not, not you. <laughs> Move out of the way. Just, can, can you, sir, sir, can you just get out of the front row? <laughs> yeah, I do believe they uh, even mentioned that. It was like when they finished up and we all gave him a standing ovation. And like you said, we turned around and looked. He's like, oh, look, the front row finally stood. <laughs> I'm like, man, I was so enjoying the show that uh-huh. I, I didn't uh, I didn't have to stand up. We had really good seats. So. Yeah. Michael Sweet was also amazing. Uh, that guy, besides being musical, musically talented, uh, you know, a singer and, and guitar player, songwriter, uh, man, what a great speaker. I mean, he just, he controlled the room and did a great job. So if you ever get a chance to... Go see Michael Sweet. We we suggested it was so much fun. Um, but as I get to know Chuck, let's back into your past a little bit. Uh, obviously, CFO finance accounting was kind of where you were at in college. But you didn't come into college. I didn't. I chose Bowling Green State University for their music program. Right. Yeah, and thought that's what I wanted to do. And you went in as a piano player, correct? I I. Yeah, as when you go to Bowling Green State University as a freshman in the College of Music, your major has to be your instrument. Right on. And then my plan was, um, I think when you're a junior, you can switch uh, to something that I considered more interesting. And I remember they had a composition and theory okay. major that I thought uh, sounded good. They also were the only college that I visited that had what they called an electronic studio or something like that. Basically a room full of synthesizers and computers. Right on. And uh, so that was, uh, I graduated from high school in 89. So every other college that I visited just had classical, a classical music program. So um, that's why I picked it. And when I got there, I, I realized I wasn't any better at music than anyone else that was in the program and was afraid I wouldn't make a living at it. And thought if I had the opportunity to go to college, maybe I should do something more career-oriented. And chose accounting completely arbitrarily because it sounded like a career. Oh, right on. Yeah. It and wasn't... Knew it, nothing about it. It wasn't because you kind of liked math in high school? <laughs> no, quite the opposite, no. I didn't, I didn't apply myself to math in high school, so I, you know, got B's and C's right. and never really uh, worked hard. At academics, and then when when there's a fear of failure in college, um, I actually applied myself and and did pretty good. And I had a job before I graduated with one of the big accounting firms. Really? Yep, Ernst and Young, and worked there for seven years. Uh, specialized in healthcare, and then worked at hospitals ever since. Nice. So where have you? Uh, where you've kind of bounced around just a very little bit, though. I mean, well. Uh, up until I moved here, we lived in Northeast Ohio. So I grew up in Akron. Um, the home we lived most recently was closer to Canton. And uh, But I worked in Cleveland, worked in Akron, Canton, Cleveland, all, right all three. And so worked at a handful of different health systems in the greater Cleveland area before moving here. So you basically, yeah, you come from basically your hometown and, and come to... A uh, little old Warsaw. Yeah, yeah, moved here specifically for the <laughs> CFO job. So it's been eight years. So it's 
Can you believe it's yeah. been that long? I know. Time flies. Let me tell you a secret, listeners. When I met Chuck, the first time I had an agenda of questions, and I've never told him this. I don't think I've ever told you this. Maybe I have. At the time when um, we were kind of going through some CEOs and and you know now the you were the hmm, I want to say the third C- CFO that that I have been through there mm-hmm. you can kind of tell where where the person lies by um what they're going to do in the town and whether they're renting or whether they're just have an apartment or something like that and i do believe that one of the first things that you said i never even got a chance to ask you this was what are your plans for your you know as far as where you're living and stuff like that because you actually said that you and your family were buying a house. Yeah, we bought and, a house. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's here. This guy's here to stay. He's not just – he's not laddering it, which I've seen, you know, with a lot of different things over the years is, you know, some of these guys just rent an apartment and stay for a year and then move on. And that's why I think I liked you so much right from the very beginning is because I felt like you were kind of coming in and being all in with us. You yeah. know, you were one of us. It wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily a corporate thing. I'm not saying he's not a corporate he's not loyal to the corporate or anything. I'm not saying bad things about that, but uh, you know, it just makes you feel like you're gonna put roots here with us and you're gonna be with us for uh for a, a nice amount of time. So, yeah. and you have been eight years, man. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. You're almost to the 30 years that I, <laughs> almost to the 30 it years goes I've by been there. fast. Just give it time. It'll be 30 before we know oh, it. Oh, my goodness. If I'm there another 30 years, then <laughs> I missed my retirement point. Is <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, I don't know if I ever told you that. That was, hmm. That was one of the things that I was looking for mm-hmm. when we first met in our uh, in our meeting mm-hmm. was uh, whether or not uh, whether you were going to rent or buy. And that sounds stupid, but it just it makes me feel more comfortable that you were going to be here with us and yeah. so on and so forth. But you know, it was so painful to move, just physically move our house. Um, we didn't want to do it again anytime soon. So, well, I think that was the yeah. attitude when we moved. Was well, how how old are your kids now? Uh, Kaden is 18, Kendall's 15 and Caleb is 13. So 13, 15, 18. So they were, uh, you know, 10 yeah, and lower was 10 when we moved. So that was, uh, how did they take the move? Cause I mean, he had to have been pretty established with a friend group at that point. I mean, how was it really rough for him? Yeah, it was probably rough. Um, we actually homeschool. So okay. He wasn't ingrained in a in a school per se, but yeah, he had friends. They they all had friends that right. they left and had to start over. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the most interesting things about you know moving in uh, you know especially in that in that situation coming to a town that that you don't know and and uh, happen to kind of restart. Yeah, and it's tough on the kids, but I've always found that kids kids are very adaptable and they can. Yeah, they're pretty resilient, and yeah. people here are pretty welcoming. So, you know, if 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 you could just not deal with them on the roads, most people are really nice. <laughs> right. 
I ran to a few few of those people at Meyer this evening when I was there. Let me tell you, uh, just <laughs> just random conversations with people that you don't know, but it's like it's like the weather starts getting a little bit warmer and people are just starting to come out of their shell, just being happy to be back out there, which is uh, which is interesting. But <laughs> so uh, moving into moving into the big town of Warsaw, got the accounting and and the uh, time spent you know, and the other hospitals and so on and so forth. Uh, obviously, uh, me and Chuck get along really good because of our musical love. Uh, so he, Chuck is actually a pretty great uh, piano player, keyboard player. I think he does a great job. So much that I wanted, and I tried so hard to get it put together, but it all fell to pieces. I wanted to write a song and record it in the ball state studio and i was going to have you come down and play uh piano with me but it just it just never you know i only had a stretch of time <laughs> it was really short because that's where gunner went to college was at ball state so hmm. he had access to all the studios and stuff like that and i was like man this would be too cool get chuck down there we'll have a good old time <laughs> hmm. but it never happened but so yeah chuck is an amazing piano player uh take us back a little bit farther what got you into playing the piano? Was that uh... um, my parents let me have lessons, and um, I think I showed some talent, so I stuck with it. And there was a point where I probably would have preferred to quit, because you know when you're a kid and you're practicing. Oh yeah. Um, and everyone else is playing outside. Yeah. Um, it's a pain to practice and it's hard. It's hard to, to learn and push yourself. And, um, and you know, it's kind of funny. They would use practicing the piano as punishment for me. Really? Like, you know, I, I can't remember what I would have been punished for, but, um, <laughs> don't talk back to me. Go practice the piano. That's what, and he's I, not going to tell us what he did. I don't, what he's, I don't what think I did at. that. <laughs> Things that were that bad, but I got my share of spankings and oh yeah, yeah. Whip it. We called them whippings back in the day. Oh yeah. Did you ever have to pick your own switch off the no. tree? I did. Belt. I got the belt. <laughs> the belt. <laughs> you have uh, fond memories of that belt coming out of the belt loops. That. <laughs> so um, I decided I was going to show my parents. I'm going to start like. I'm going to start liking practicing the piano, force myself to like it just to spite them. Right. So that they couldn't punish me with it anymore. And um, so obviously that made me better because I practiced more. And, right. Um, you know, I'm sure you're the same way. As you get better, you can play music you like. And, and then that's when it becomes fun. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You start playing the songs that you want to play and not, you know... Uh, Mary had a little lamb or, or a chopsticks or something like that. But, um, yeah. And then you're, for me, once, once I got it, then that made me want to go back and, and do more of it and get better at it. So, so my parents, my parents or one of my relatives anyway, uh, kept me pretty well stocked with instruments. I had a DX seven. I had a multi-track tape recorder. So it, it had eight tracks so you could, Yep. Record one and then rewind and record another one. I had a drum machine. Um so I I would write my own songs and record them and I still have a tape with that sort of thing on it. I had a friend in high school 
we wrote some songs together and and recorded them and he generally did the vocals i did everything else right on so did you did you ever actually have a band band with a drummer guitar player and all that stuff um spinoffs from churches that i went to right on that's about it that makes sense yeah but you know what bands are so time consuming Mm -hmm. and i've just never really felt like i've had time for one well, I mean, you know, if you're enjoying what you're doing and uh, let me tell you, bands are bands are great, but man, they're just a pain in the butt, too. I mean, it's just there are time consuming. There's always a lot of drama that goes along with them, you know, whether it be a frustration or whatever. But, uh, you know, I know guys that have uh, dealt with that for years and, and love it and still love it. But at the same time, I mean. It can be a lot, so I can totally understand that. You know, if you're just happy with uh, just doing your thing, because your thing is your thing, and you get it exactly how you want it, and you don't have to worry about anything else. So, very interesting, very interesting. I love that because I I uh, I didn't realize you had recorded some of your own stuff. Yeah, back in the day, you got to have a tape player to listen to it. <laughs> we just talked about that a little bit ago. Can you, Chuck keeps a boombox so he can still listen to his old cassettes. Yep. <laughs> Are you doing vinyl these days? No. No? No. I had a record player when I was a teenager and the kind where you could stack them. Mm-hmm. And then yep. when one finished, it would... Come out and the other one drop yeah, down. Yeah, we thought that was the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. We used to do it with 45s. Uh, you could do it with the big, the big what, I don't know, what are the seventy twos or whatever they're called. Yeah. But then we used to do it with the forty fives and then stack it up. So you'd drop Kiss, you'd drop ABBA, you'd drop <laughs> yeah, whatever else was in that stack that my mom had. She had a nice little collection of forty fives. I kind of miss those days. One thing that's interesting is my parents um, thought rock music was a sin. Yeah. So. So I was considered pretty rebellious when I started listening. Did you to grow up in a pretty religious very, household? Yeah, very. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you how do you bring that into your family now? Are you are you a highly religious family now? Um. Well, we're we all are Christians and we believe in God, but we're not nearly as focused on everything being a sin as when I grew up. Right. And it, it seemed to be f- focused on all the things you couldn't do. Um, yeah. It, it was always about the negative, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. that's, a, that's a tricky one. I'm not going to lie. That's uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen it. I've seen it many times. It's like, we're so hyper-focused on the bad stuff, but we, we kind of miss out on the good stuff. And yeah. Very cool. All right. So we've talked about, you're growing up. We talked about you going to college. Um, it's funny. It's funny because when I when I asked Chuck, I said, "Would you like to do this? Would you like to do one of these?" Chuck goes, "I don't know that it, what I do is very interesting." And I'm like, "I don't need to know what you do on a daily basis. I want to talk about you and what you. Let's just kind of go over a little bit what you've done in the last year." And you've taken a couple of really amazing trips. Yeah, I had a good year of travel last year. Yeah, so that was that was pretty exciting. When you mentioned that, I'm like, yeah, I can talk about that for an hour. <laughs> I knew you could. Yep. Yeah, so um, I don't remember what was first. We 
my youngest son and I went to Spain for okay. a week, and and that was awesome. Um, we know people that live there as missionaries, so we basically stayed with them the whole time. They showed us around. Um, they live in the um, northeastern part of Spain, so we were within an hour's drive of the French, the France border. Uh-huh. So we we went into France one day. Um, it's right on the, the ocean, so it's on the northern coast of Spain, and uh, it was really pretty. There's mountains. The mountains come all the way down pretty much to the ocean, uh-huh. and then the little town they lived in was right there. Really? Yeah, and, you know, everything's 2,000 years old. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everyone spoke the different language. Um, I'm... I took a couple months beforehand and tried to learn enough to be dangerous about their language. Right, right. Um, they spoke Spanish, and then they also spoke Basque. So Basque is kind of like a, like a, I don't know, a race, so to speak. Right. Um, they don't have their own country, but it's definitely a race of people that live in that area, and uh, so they have their own language, they have their own heritage. So super interesting, a lot of history. Um, Surfing is a big deal there. So um, Johnny was the name of the guy I stayed with. He took us surfing one day. Really? And uh, we tried awful hard to surf at least. <laughs> yeah. Is that the first time you ever surfed? Yeah. Yeah. It was harder. Than, I mean, I expected it to be hard, but I expected to be able to do it. Right. Um, I couldn't stand up on the board. It, it seemed like I, we practiced standing up on the board in his kitchen. Uh-huh. And I could pop right up onto the board in the kitchen, but when I tried to pop up actually in in the water, uh, it seemed like the surfboard just kind of sank. Down. Yeah, sank. So, but um, even like laying on it like a boogie board, I mean, you you go a lot further than you do at Myrtle Beach on a boogie board. So right, right. I don't know, man. Surfing is is one of those things. When I was younger, I always wanted to go and try. It always looked like a lot of fun. It was fun to try, yeah. yeah. But it definitely looks like a lot of work. Yeah. And I don't have a fear of water, but uh, you 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 catch some of those uh, movies where people get caught in that undertow of the wave and kind of get tossed around a little bit, and they kind of freak me out just a small bit, but. Yeah, I never felt unsafe in that regard. I don't think we were ever in water that was that deep. Oh, and the other thing is we were wearing wetsuits that made you float. Oh, wow. So even when you fell in, your wetsuit made Brought you. Brought you back up. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I can't so, get one of those for everyday life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, their culture is so different. They um, they don't work nearly as hard as we do. And really? it's very laid back. They take, you know, we talk about people taking siestas yeah they take breaks hours long breaks in the middle of the day um it's almost like everyone gets off work to go pick their kids up from school hmm. and then they go back for a little bit uh so it was just different i guess and um they didn't eat dinner till like literally 10 o'clock at night so we showed up at a restaurant one night at it was like eight o'clock and we were the only people there we were terribly early huh um and everyone else kind of came around 10 i'm trying to i'm actually trying to wrap my head around that yeah so what would be their uh go to quote unquote go to bedtime then well right after dinner so they would eat and then just kind of wash up and head to bed yeah interesting yeah 
Okay, gotta ask a stupid question. Were people larger? I mean, were they more ob- obese? No, the opposite. Interesting, mm-hmm. because normally the, the whole theory behind that is is that you don't want to eat that late because of that food in your metabolism don't burn off as many of the calories before you actually go to bed. They were probably eating healthier foods than we did. <laughs> they were eating McDonald's at no. 11 o'clock at night? No. Yeah, been there, done that. Just saying. There was a really cool restaurant we went to the the one night. It was a, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but it was basically a hard apple, apple cider distillery. Oh, right. So these barrels turned on their side, six feet in diameter, lined the walls. Um, it was served family style, so everyone gets the same thing. They bring it to your table, put it in the middle of your table, and you um, pig out like one course after the other. Right. Um, but someone from the restaurant staff would come out and turn the tap and the, the cider would come out like yeah. someone peeing basically. And, and people would get in a line with their cups <laughs> and the first person in the line would fill up their cup and the next person in line would have their cup right there. Right underneath it. Yep. And, um, and you could drink as much as you wanted. So, um, by the, by the time we left, people were pretty toasted. Oh, I bet. Did you yeah. have some? I did. It was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it sounds yeah. like it'd be amazing, fresh from the barrel. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. No, it was it oh. was good. <laughs> yeah, and they were having a good time. I remember when we left, there was another room with uh, there was a guy playing the viol- a fiddle, probably, and and another guy playing accordion, and people were dancing, and they were having a good time. So, what are we what are we looking at as far as economy at that point? I mean, are they, I mean, they don't sound like a rich, I don't even know how to put that. I'm not trying to be insensitive or anything, uh, but, uh, the people I, as far as I could tell, or at least the people we knew lived in an apartment, it seemed like most people lived in apartments. Um, most people seemed to live comfortably, but certainly not extravagantly. Right. Uh, most people seem to have a car and they you parked your car wherever you could find a spot. So half the time it was, you know, half mile away on another street. Oh, really? Because it, it was kind of in a in a city type area. Right. It's it a was, very small city, but city nonetheless. I'm thinking like a San Francisco type thing where it's yeah. just, the streets are kind of tight. And yeah, they're tight, right. You get a spot next to your apartment, it's a good day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a little bit of that. <laughs> no, they seemed happy. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. You compare and contrast cultures and Americans um, we feel like we're the land of opportunity you know if you work hard you can do what you want get what you want and while that's true you it's a what's the word it's a grind it is I it think, can be a grind at least I think uh, you were lucky enough to to go and see that and to real you know I don't know if you thought about it maybe you didn't think about it but when i when you tell that story and what when i think about it's just simpler mm-hmm. it's a simpler life yeah simpler you know it's not you know we, we got to go to work we got to make the money we got to get this done we got to you know like the grind is a fine a fine fine word for that yeah i think here we're just constantly rolling trying to you know 
I don't know, get the, 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 the uh, I can't think of what I want to say exactly. Just, you know, we're reaching for the American dream. Yeah. I think we all are at some point. Whereas I, it just sounds like where you're at is where you were was, yeah, we're just here enjoying yeah. life and way more relaxed. Yeah. Just not bothered by the burdens of money and drama and, you know, all that other stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. That's why, if I was there, I'd be like, that's why I came here. Look, I got mountains on one side, ocean on the other. Why would I want anything else than that? So, insane. What is, uh, what what are some of the jobs that are around in that area? Did you have any, uh, any? Most of the people that I remember meeting were shop owners, in all seriousness. I mean, they, they ran some small business in the town. Really? Yeah. So the people I stayed with ran a coffee shop and an English school, for example. And I'm trying to remember some of the other people that I met. I met another guy that ran another coffee shop in another city. <laughs> so, And for some reason, I'm drawing a blank with everyone else. But, yeah, I don't remember any, like, large businesses. Right. I think everyone just had a niche job at at one of the local shops or stores or so if you needed restaurants you needed a, a something tailored you go to the tailor mm-hmm. god you know i'm not gonna lie that sounds pretty amazing yeah just that sounds pretty great and laid back and did they have internet there yeah i'm sure they did good because i I'm, think i had internet the whole time i was there i'm thinking this might be my next place to go why not <laughs> I could I could do my podcast from from this little town in Spain. This sounds pretty amazing. You think they would accept me, or would I be too bullyish? You'd have to learn the language. <laughs> Zarats was the town that I was in specifically. So. Zarats. Zarats with a Z. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm I'm definitely gonna have to look that up. Just and so can, yeah. when we went to France, it was really interesting to me that the French had a specific culture. They're really quiet. They think it's rude to speak. Like if you and I are speaking, we have to speak just loud enough to hear each other. Right. If we speak any louder than that, that's considered rude. So it was it was really laid back and seemed very quiet there. Everyone having their own little. So we went to, I remember um, most of the places we went to were, you know, everything was an old town. Uh, we went to a town that had a, a castle, which was super cool. What was the name? I'm probably going to draw a blank on the name of the town we went to. Um, a little bit touristy, but but to be honest, that's where their businesses were. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a coffee shop, I mean, yeah, you would think you'd have it in a and that, more touristy. Honestly, town. some of the best coffee I've had was there. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they take it very seriously. I would imagine they probably do. Yeah. Because they're not just having bags shipped in from wherever. They're probably, you know, actually going out to the local market to bring it, maybe, yeah? Um, They had it imported. Right on. Yeah, they had it imported. and it. Um, <clears throat> but I think they put took more pride in how they prepared it. Right. Nice. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like a pretty amazing little town. It was a good, yeah, it was a good trip. <laughs> so... 
while you were there, you guys did go hiking. Is that the? Yeah, there's a <clears throat> there's actually a trail that goes from one end of Spain to the other. You did. I think it's called trail, the Camino. Right? <laughs> I, 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 I mean, there's YouTubers in the United States go over there and do right. it and film it, and so I knew about it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's just called the Camino, El Camino, or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, uh, a lot of people do it as a pilgrimage because apparently Saint James took this route. Okay, and so people do it in honor of Saint James or whatever, and it goes right through the town we were in. Um, so we did. We we hiked one day from one town up over some mountains to another one. Um, another interesting thing that was there. And I'll never remember the guy's name, but the first captain to circumvent the globe was from that little town really? that we hiked to. And there's a little statue honoring him. If you Google first first man to circumnavigate the globe, his name will come up. Right on. And we've never Americans don't hear about him. No. Um, we hear about uh, Magellan and Columbus. Right. And yeah, something that's more uh, directed for, towards us. For whatever reason, yeah, yeah directed towards us, right. <laughs> yeah, you know that's yeah. you know that's what it's all about. It's like he wasn't from here. He didn't settle here. He just went around us. Yeah, was that? Uh, did he go before Columbus or was it? Yeah, he would have been before Columbus for sure. Um, and he took a crew of guys all the way around. And when you read his story, he starts out. I'm pretty sure he starts out with three ships and probably dozens of guys, and they're only. Something like three guys, him and two other guys that actually completed the trip. In one ship, I'm yeah, sure. In, right, in one <laughs> ship, right. Right, right. That sounds pretty... Uh... Um, cathedrals, every town had its own cathedral that was built in the Middle Ages. Right. Those are beautiful and they're decorated. And they're... Old main... paintings. Yeah, maintained, right? Yeah. yeah. That's insane so, to me. Yeah. I don't know, man. Tip your hat to those guys over here for taking care of your heritage and your town and just being laid back and chill, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a good trip. I'd recommend it. I'm telling you. This was just a random town, so I imagine a lot of places in Europe are like that. Right. So you did some hiking over there, and uh, then you got, you guys were just there for a week? Yeah. We've, yeah. We probably spent more time traveling back and forth than we did actually there. <laughs> what is a plane flight over there? Um, let's see. We we flew overnight from Chicago to Germany uh-huh. and Munich, one of those cities, and then had a short flight from Munich to Bilbao in Spain. And then they picked us up at the Bilbao airport, and it wasn't far from there. Nice. <laughs> but, I mean, it was the better part. It seemed like the better part of two days flying. Um. Being from healthcare, what was the uh, what was the protocol at that point? Where that uh, was it a little more laid back than what it had obviously was during the major part of the pandemic. Um, you had to wear masks in the airports, and you needed a negative COVID test within seventy two hours or something crazy like that. So, right on. actually, I had to get a COVID test in Spain, and um, so went to a little clinic there in the town, and th- this lady put the put the thing all the way back to my brain i literally passed out really yeah and yeah i, I don't know how long it was i had like a full-length dream 
I dreamt that with something sticking to my nose. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was pretty intense. I've never passed out before. Why? Otherwise. Why so deep? Just untrained, or you know, it seemed like when the COVID test first came out, they went deep. Yeah, and then now, if you get one, it's just around the rim of your nose. So, I've had one that didn't touch my brain, but it was it was up there. I, it didn't bother me because I've, I've stuck my finger farther up there than <laughs> Q-tip. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. When the, Some of the mm-hmm. first ones when they came out, they were really they were really going up in there after it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so why did you end up having to have a COVID, COVID test while you were there? Because uh, you had to have one within something like oh, 72 hours. Okay, by the time you got back on yeah. the plane to come home. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Right on. It's uh, yeah. So the logistics of that were kind of tough to work out. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. The there was, uh, I think it was. Uh, I went to a wedding, and they wanted uh, if you weren't vaccinated, they wanted a COVID test. And also, the other one was when I went to Dallas. That was it. The, the in order to get into the venue, you had to have a uh, a negative COVID test within seventy two hours wow. or something like that. Uh, fortunately for me, we were at that point where the hospital was testing for the people who didn't have okay. tests. So I uh, worked it out so that my COVID test I was getting right was with within, the hospital was within that seventy two hours of me driving to Dallas in that venue. Yeah, but of course by the time you get there, um, you know they had laxed on that anyway. So I had it in my pocket. I was prepared. <laughs> I, I, my brain was burning through while you were talking about that. I was like, why did I have that problem? <laughs> so you did Spain with your yeah. youngest son. Yeah. And, uh, but that's not it. You, you've actually did some other traveling last year. No, the other trip that came to mind was the one that John and I did backpacking in California in August. So we did what's called the Rayleigh's loop, Ray Lakes loop. Uh-huh. And so we started in Kings Canyon national park and, um, it, it ends up being a 42 mile loop oh, wow. up and through the Sierra Nevada mountains. And so it's, it was for us, we did it over four days. It was, it was two days of solid uphill hiking Mm. and it about killed us. Uh. We we both were vowing never to do it again. (laughs) And then the next two days we're all downhill and and made it worth it. Yeah. We couldn't wait to do it again by the time it was over. Right on. Uh, Yeah. Um, that's come Bobby wants to, uh, kind of do more of that this year we did we did some last year just uh some of the local stuff just going out and yeah uh, golden jay is definitely not in shape to go hiking because <laughs> by the time we did a i think we hiked uh, in one day like 10 miles or something like that and yeah i was definitely well upset with anything <clears throat> that was uphill <laughs> i got into backpacking because there were places i couldn't go and be back in one day so Right. You have to be able to carry everything with you, spend the night, and keep going. Oh, that and, sounds interesting. Yeah. So, let's get into that. <laughs> what do you put in that backpack? Oh, you know, st- uh, <clears throat> the stuff you need. Let's see. <laughs> well, there's a tent, obviously, sleeping bag. Um, I use a blow-up air mattress. You got to have your food, your water. 
Uh, you got to have everything you need to stay warm. Um, rain jacket and stuff. If it's, if there's a chance of inclement weather. Right. Um, some toilet paper, a trowel. Okay. You, the for, trowel is, I, for... I have what I call a number two bag. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to, um, when you're backpacking, there's a concept about leaving no trace. Right. So you have to pack out everything you took in. Um, most places I've been, you don't have to actually pack out your poop. You that dig was... a six inch hole, poop in it. You do have to pack out your toilet paper. So there, there are some places I haven't been where you, it's just not feasible to dig a six inch hole and you gotta, you end up bagging it. Yeah. Bagging yeah. it. So I don't know how I just went there. But uh, hey, in this room, in this studio, it's always about poop at some point. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, hygiene essentials, toothbrush, a minimal amount of toothpaste. Now, let me ask you this stupid, stupidly. If you're going to pack out your toilet paper, mm -hmm. does it make more sense to take a wipe? Like, a, you know, they make those flushable wipes. Would that be more of something that you'd want to take along? That I do, but I have both at the end right of the on. day. I use toilet paper just like I would at home, and then I have a wipe. I would think the toilet just paper to... would be more of a biodegradable thing that you can leave out there in the hole with, if you're going to bury it, yeah. you know, like a No, like you a can't do kitten. that. It would just, you, the whole place would just be littered with toilet paper. Right on. Yeah, so... No one would appreciate that. Nobody. I mean, unfortunately, some people do it, but oh yeah, I mean, you're not supposed to. In the, in the hikers in the hikers code, you're not supposed. That's to. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so now, is your tent? Uh, is you do a single person tent, or is this? Uh... Um, if you buy a single person tent, it's literally big enough for you. If right. you if you buy a two person tent, it's it's big enough. For one person, essentially, and and some of your gear. Okay. So I have a two person tent, and it's I use it when I'm by myself. And I've done a couple trips with um, Caleb, my youngest son, and it's if you're hiking with a family member, or I mean, you can get by with a two person tent. Otherwise, it's super tight. So however many people you're hiking with, add add one, and that's the. So well, the, tent you the reason I the reason buy. I ask is you said you went with John. We had separate tents, to be clear. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. If he had to carry his own tent, <laughs> he carried his own tent. Yeah, he carried his own tent, his own everything. Right on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that kind of a trip. It wasn't that kind of a trip. No. No. Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm just thinking. I, not to be. I wasn't trying to be weird or anything. But you know, I'm thinking. You know, one tent. You know, then the other person can carry something else that you needed to take. Yeah, if and... you if you went with your wife, one person could carry the tent. One, right. per, you know, yeah, it's one person could carry something else. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Because you know, that's I mean, you, obviously that stuff's going to diminish as you go along. Your, your food, food supply, your water supply. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, what do you? That, wow, that just came out of nowhere. How much water do you take with you on a four-day hike? No, you uh, carry just as much as you need, and then you bring a water filter. Oh. So you can, as long as there's lakes or streams, you can just replenish it, it right and filter on. it. Yeah. 
See, ladies and gentlemen, this is me not being a much of a hiker. There, there was one time where John and I got low on water, and we were on this ridge, and um, we were coming back the way we came. And this wasn't the trip we took last year. This was the year before. Uh-huh. And so we were we were coming back the way we came. We knew that there was only one water source, and it was a glorified mud puddle. <laughs> <laughs> so we essentially filtered the water out of this glorified mud puddle, mud puddle yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, anyway, I just can I'm only th- I can only think of. In the water boy, when they go into uh, Harry Winkler's, then he's like, I give him this water. <laughs> it's like flies and, and moss coming out of it. That's all I can think of. You know, by the time you filter it, it wasn't bad. I think John thought that was a super fun adventure. I was kind of irritated because I was tired. I was tired and I knew we still had a long way to go. I think John was numb at that point, right. so he didn't care. Um, and I was upset at how long it took to draw water out of this mud puddle and filter it. It seems like we were there for the better part of an hour. Right. And normally stopping and filtering water, replenishing your water bottles takes like 15 minutes. So, but because it was so dirty, yeah, it clogged my filter. Oh yeah. I got upset at that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how, how, how is that the only feasible water source along that you know, area it was it was a long stretch we went up and over um kearsarge pass which is uh i don't know twelve thousand some foot pass in mm-hmm. in the sierra mountains and we went up and over that and we had a choice we could either go down to these lakes that we see way down there hundreds of feet down right it, if we went down there, the good news is we could we could drink the water out of the lake. The right. bad news is we'd have to hike all the way back up and use up all the water that you just. <laughs> so we we opted not to do that and just stay on the ridge, knowing that there it was just a long stretch where you didn't have any water. Right on. That, that's just part of it, I guess. How much How much water do you carry? How much is in your um, bottle? We both carry two one liter water bottles. Okay. So what is that is, like a half liter there? I don't, I don't even know what that I looks got like here. a half liter. Uh, five hundred ninety-one milliliters. So one pint four ounces. The water bottles we carry are bit like twice the size of that. We get, we have two of them. Two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think I would blow through that water way too quick. I'm a I'm a sipper. I like to sip on <laughs> water or Mountain Dew, whichever you know. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> or it might be beer, it might be whiskey. You never know what I might be sipping on <laughs> right now. It's, uh, you know, it's smart water. So, oh. you know, <laughs> um, so now this recently you actually took a trip up into, um, what did, was, did you guys do the upper peninsula? Yeah. Caleb and I, Caleb, 13 year old, uh, we went to the upper peninsula last fall. Uh huh. And we'd been there before, so we kind of knew. We went back to the same places we'd been, and we went on a short two-night trip. Yep, very easy, low miles, mostly camping, but we hiked in, and um, we camped two different places and had a good time. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful area. I have never been to the Upper Peninsula, but I hear it is amazingly Yeah, so we were in the Pictured Rocks 
National Park. Okay. Uh-huh. So all the way up on Lake Superior. Lake Superior is beautiful. Right. I'm trying to think. I, uh, I've been up into Michigan. I've never been that far. So. Okay. You know, being raised in Ohio, <clears throat> it took me a couple years to realize good things happen in Michigan. <laughs> so, Michigan's actually a beautiful state. It is a beautiful state. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, I believe that you can see that the moment you cross the state line. If you live in Indiana and you're driving up, uh, we've done it many a times. We we love to go up to South Haven. Mm-hmm. I love South Haven. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you're driving up um, the 31 uh, bypass and around, and you're just littered with factories and and just all kinds of stuff along that stretch, and then you see the Michigan sign, and, and it's just, suddenly it's forests and yeah. rolling hills. It is the weirdest thing yeah. ever. I, it's just like. Well, you can tell them in Michigan now. What's the restaurant that everyone goes to in South Haven? Clementine's. Clementine's. Have you ever reviewed Clementine's? I have not. There you go. I need to go back yeah, so you that I can have that. a fresh review. Yeah. Um, actually, the the last time I was there, uh, I had uh, it's been about four or five years ago, and I had pulled my sciatic, mm. and. Just like a week before we had, we had this trip planned for months and, and, uh, you know, like a week or two, I pulled my sciatic and I was dying, but I was not going to miss going to South Haven with everybody. Cause we went with Gunnar and Sarah and my buddy Scott and his wife, Beth. And, you know, when you go to South Haven, it's, you know, it's shopping, you know, it's, it's touristy. And of course you got to walk down the marina and then walk out on the pier to the lighthouse and mm-hmm. cause it's just gorgeous out there. And, mm-hmm. um, I was, I mean, I would, I would go way ahead of them because they were kind of slow and enjoying it. I would be speedy and I'd find the next place I could sit down and just relax it for a little, you know, while they kind of caught up and then they'd go so far and I would pass them and go to the next spot. But, uh, we ended up getting, we were going back to Clementine's. That was, you know, that was part of the agenda of, of being there. And we get there, and of course, it's an hour and a half wait, which is nothing unusual for that place. It is an hour and a half wait when you walk in the door. And I just looked at him and I said, I will wait here for the table. <laughs> and they were like, Are you sure? I said, Yeah, if you need me, I'll be right here. That bench is in that little uh, foyer mm-hmm. there between the, between the front door and the door to get in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I said, If you need me, I'll be right here. I got everything I need right here, you know, and my lovely wife looks at me and goes, you know, I think they have a bar. I'm like, what? They have a, they have a bar because we've always eaten in the main side over there. So, uh, I walked up and grabbed the lady and I was like, um, is the bar open? Can I get a seat? And she's like, oh yeah, just walk in and sit down. So I walked in and sat down and, and they went and shot for an hour and a half and I sat and drank all this great beer. (laughs) beer for an hour and a half so by the time they got there i'd already had appetizers <laughs> and a couple of beers and uh you know i love clementine clementine's is awesome <laughs> yep i think uh i can't remember what i had up there. it was the first time i'd had it and it was really good but i had i remember the corn chowder being super good and then um i had some sort of steak that, that was really good also we did uh the perch because okay. it's it's a Michigan it's a Lake Michigan perch. Okay. And uh, the first time we were there, that was uh, I had just gotten back from 
my first trip down to Texas with uh, Bobby's sister. And, you know, we had gotten a lot of that culture from down, you know, down there, the, the, the seafoods and, and that kind of stuff. And I'd come back up here and my buddy Scott asked me, you know, well, let's go do something. I said, I want, I want seafood. You know, I want something, you know, it's good. And he did a lot of research and he goes, the best I found is this Clementine's. And that was Mm -hmm. one of the, one of the first, uh, first times I was there. And yeah, definitely Mm -hmm. not disappointed. Their perch is amazing. So, uh, if you ever get back up there, you definitely got to try it. It's so, so good. Sounds good. They got to be really careful. Once again, you know, when you eat fish, sometimes that there are, you do have, you do find some bones in there. So yeah, everybody be careful if you're getting it because you know, we, I have found a couple bones in my fish, but it is damn delicious. So that just means it's fresh. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and I think they do that. They do the onion ring tower up there too. Oh don't yeah. They? I've seen that. I've yeah. never got it. I think we got, I think uh, one of us at the table ended up getting it and just, uh, you know, just everybody picking onion rings off of it. But yeah. So yeah, sorry, we're getting off topic here. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of fish this is my lead in you talked earlier you like to fish and you just did a fishing trip with one of our co-workers right yeah well you it wasn't necessarily a fishing trip as yeah, much as so it was a, brett which we work with um he has a his family has a ranch down in texas actually has a couple of them i guess um several thousand acres wow so he has a old home on one of them. We stayed there. Um, so there were a total of four of us. And we punted and fished pretty much every day we were there. One day we went into the city of Fort Worth and saw the uh, did you, stockyards. Did you do the stockyards? Yeah. Oh, isn't Where that amazing? Where they drive the cattle through yeah. the street and all those shops and restaurants right there. Yeah, we did that one day. Every other day we generally hunted in the morning, fished in the afternoon. And uh, we hunted uh, wild pigs, which just run rampant down there. And really? they're considered destructive. And so when you Google that and watch YouTube videos, you'd think you can't walk 10 feet without tripping over a wild pig. But <laughs> we only saw two of them. We were down there for a week and only saw two of them. Right, right. When, when we were walking around with guns. <laughs> so I shot one. I was considered a guest, so they let me... They made sure I got one, you got basically. One. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, that was the first time I've ever hunted. Um, I love shooting guns. Um, I don't need to kill an animal. Right. Um, that that pig was just sitting there minding his own business, you know, and I, I needed a pig hunting experience, so right. I shot him, I guess. And uh, we talked about... Um, eating some of the meat but when push came to shove it was it was too much work right on so um i don't know but it was a fun experience um i liked i do like to fish and they had ponds on their property that aren't fished very often and they they were full of bass and yeah they were easy to catch it was fun they were uh brett went out and bought kayaks you know, just cheap little kayaks right. for us to use, but it was perfect. So, um, yeah, you could let the fish pull you around in the kayak. And um, Otherwise, here at home, I have um, a fishing kayak, and it's a pedal drive, so you pedal it like you ride a bike. 
and I live on a small lake. So, I mean, that's the thing here in Warsaw is people like to get a home on a lake. And so that's when we, when we came here, interestingly, we decided we didn't want to move twice. And it's really hard when you relocate not to, because the tendency is you, you need somewhere right away. Right. So you end up moving into an apartment and then you, you eventually find a house you want to live in permanently. So you, you end up moving twice. Um, we wanted to avoid that. So we came down even before my job started, we came down one weekend and went around with a realtor, looked at 20 some houses over two days and then ultimately picked one, ultimate picked one and, um, moved into it right away, straight from the other place. And, um, fortunately the house we got was available and we love it. It's on Stanton Lake. So very nice. nice. So you, you guys are right on the lake. We're yeah. literally on the lake. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So no, ha- I never really fished before we moved here. It just wasn't on my radar. I, I'm going to say, I, I, if 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 you would have told me, you know, pick three things that I w- would like to do, I don't know that fishing would have been one of them on the on the list. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Not that, not that it's a, you know, kind of crazy, but I just never pictured you as a fisherman. Yeah, I kind of gotten into it though. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. I, uh, I am the absolute 100% worst fisherman ever to walk the face of the earth. So <laughs> I just don't do it very often. Um, I love the relaxation of it, mm-hmm. uh, especially, you know, on a boat in the middle of the night in the middle of a lake where it's just everything's nice and calm and you're just kind of enjoying life mm-hmm. setting out there. And uh, I think one of the things I like about backpacking is getting away, getting out and away from ideally yeah. everyone. I mean, the trips I've talked about are with John and that's, that's cool and all. Right. Um, but the fewer people, the better. And I think to some extent with my kayak, I mean, it's a one person kayak. I'm, I'm by myself. Right. Right. And I, I value that time in small doses. Yes. Yes. I, uh, I find that I like to be away from people a lot more than as I get older than I used to be. You know, it used to be as like, you kind of had to be surrounded by people at all times and, as you get older, you kind of like that solitude a little bit more mm-hmm. and kind of find those spaces that uh, that uh, you can do that in. That's for me anyway. Yeah. I don't think you're an introvert, but I'm, I definitely am. So that's how I recharge <laughs> just being by myself. No, I'm definitely not an introvert, but I do have moments where I want to shut the outside world out mm-hmm. and just enjoy my, enjoy time just not being mm-hmm. involved in it. So you know that's it's i know that sounds weird for me as uh as all the things that i've done over the years but uh yeah the world is crazy and sometimes you just got to shut the window mm-hmm. so um chuck we've kind of reached the hour here wow we've been did it seem like a quick hour for you? fast yeah <laughs> I so much appreciate you coming in, and I, I love that you come over to the studio, and we got to do this face-to-face. This is great. And like I said, you get to kind of look over my soon-to-be-cleaned-up studio. <laughs> Maybe I'll get to it eventually. Eh, you know, I have a deck to finish. and It's got a lot of character. Yeah, it definitely has character. Yeah. Um, I wish I was – I was going to show you baby Habib. He's in a backpack somewhere, but uh, – Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm not sure where the backpack is. I was looking for it a little bit ago, and I couldn't find it. So 
Um, to go home and listen to Born in a Cab with an Arab. <laughs> did Did Steve Damon actually hook you up with that? Is that how you find it? Or was, no, did I think I, I googled you? it. Uh, you told me about okay, it. Okay, all right, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, we have. Um, yeah, you get a chance to go find Tiki Lounge Mayhem on that's right on Tiki YouTube, Lounge and Mayhem. you can yeah. listen to Born in a Cab. It's it's an amazing piece of. Um, uh, There's yeah. a video that goes with it, right? Yes, we actually shot a video with yeah. it. Yeah, uh, along with uh, we shot a video for. Um, uh, pushing up daisies in the backyard and a uh, bear ninja cowboy. Hmm. Did we do a Did we do a fourth one? I don't think. I oh yeah, we did one, one called Food Baby, hmm. where if you uh, if all the famous directors instead of the famous lines were hungry and you know they wanted to put Food Baby into it, so it'd be like Dirty Dancing would be like nobody puts Food Baby in the corner. <laughs> Or I think Back to the Future was 1.21 food babies. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was our rap song. That was, uh, yeah. But anyways, you can check it out. Tiki Lounge Mayhem. Uh, but Chuck, thank you so much. This has been great. I've enjoyed this so, so much. And I've learned new things along the way here. So, uh, I, you know, that you actually have a number two bag. That's, uh, <laughs> I think that's something we can all take away. And uh, I love that. I love yep. that there's a number two bag, uh, which is a trowel, some toilet paper. A uh, Ziploc bag <laughs> for your used toilet paper and some wet wipes. Now, is that a gallon size? Yeah, or, the gallon okay. size, yeah. yeah. Um, it folds up pretty well. Do you, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have to get the air out of it to pack it back in there? You really try, yeah. yeah. But matter of fact, I think I even double bag it just oh, because, you know. Yeah, you want to, yeah, just in case. Yeah. I mean, it's not that gross. No, but it's not really that gross. It's yours. Yeah. It came out of you. It's yours. It's, it's just know. toilet paper. Yeah. Use toilet paper, but still. <laughs> We've all gotten a little on our thumb when we wipe. Ladies and gentlemen, you know it's okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to get on out of here. But before I go, I want to say thank you for checking out uh, Golden Odyssey series, Interesting People Doing Interesting Things. And don't forget, uh, there is a whole giant empire out there, the Golden Mojo Entertainment Empire of Podcasts. You can check it out. On Mondays, we have The Call Guys with Gunner and Colton. With Tuesdays, it is Golden Image Podcast, depending on which, which one you're getting, whether it's me and the boys reviewing where we've been or whether if I'm inter- uh, in interviewing interesting people. On Wednesday, we got the United States of Paranormal on Thursdays, it is the Indiana Chiefs fans, and I'm sure that's coming back very, very soon at this point. Uh, they're on hiatus for the summer because there's really nothing to talk about in the football world besides a few odds and ends. Uh, and then on Fridays, you get a double shot. You get the Murderers with Alicia and Ashley as they talk true crime, or you can uh, listen to A Court of Books and Booze with Skylar, Jessica, and Amanda where they read a book and they tell you all about it and what they liked about it and what they didn't like about it. It's actually pretty interesting, if you, especially if you read the book. But um, there's going to be a bunch of them that I'm going to go ahead and listen to that I haven't read books because I'm very far behind. <laughs> and I'm trying to keep up and it's not working. But, uh, yeah, so go check out all those podcasts under the Golden Mojo Entertainment Empire. And I thank everybody. 
for checking us out. And thank you, Chuck, for coming into the studio and hanging out with me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, this has been great. All right. Until next time. Later. Image. Oh, I finally got a crap this game. Rock on!